Clear Light with Steve Taylor. Episode 7 Returning to the Present. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Clear Light Podcast with me, Steve Taylor. In this edition of the podcast, we are looking into returning to the present. That has a couple of different meanings. First of all, we often lose ourselves in the future or the past. Our minds become filled with memories of the past or anticipations of the future. But at some point, we always have to return to the present. Because the present, after all, is where we live. We were born in the present. We spend our whole, our whole lives in the present. So we always come back to the present. Secondly, the meaning is that I think there was a period in all of our lives when we were naturally present, when we lived in a state of complete presence. And that was when we were young children. So when we cultivate presence now as adults, in a sense, we are returning to the state of presence we experienced as a child. I'm going to read a few poems based on the theme of presence, based on the theme of returning to the present. And let me begin by reading a poem which describes a state of intense presence. In a way, presence is quite simple. It just means being conscious without thought. It means being fully conscious of your experience right now in the world with no thought in your mind. Thinking always stops us being present. It takes us into the future. It takes us back into the past. But when our minds become quiet, when our minds become empty, then we naturally fall into a state of presence. So let me begin by reading a poem which describes one of my own experiences of presence, one of my own experiences of being completely empty and free of thought. It's called A Moment Without Thought. A moment without thought, and the background noise ceases, and I can suddenly hear the silence between sounds, the silence beneath sound, from which all sounds emerge like waves from the sea. A moment without thought, and the fog disperses, and the world is filled with translucent light, new dimensions of detail, and sharpness and colour and depth. A moment without thought, and these suburban streets are a pristine new world, like a garden glistening with dew, the morning after creation. As if a husk of familiarity has cracked and fallen away, leaving naked, primal isness. A moment without thought, and I'm no longer standing separate, no longer an island, but part of the sea. No longer a static centre, but part of the flowing stream. A moment without thought, and the train has stopped between stations, and there was never any motion, never any track. A moment like a wormhole, infinitely expanding, like stepping through a narrow gate to find an endless open plain, the panorama of the present. And this new world of no thought is neither alien nor unfamiliar, but a place where benevolence blows through the air and soft shimmering energy fills every space. 
and the sunlight is the translucent white light of spirit. The deepest, closest, warmest place. The ground where I am rooted. A moment without thought. That poem is an example of what I call the alchemy of attention. That's when we give our full attention to our experience in the present moment and everything around us becomes intensely real, vivid, fresh and beautiful. It's almost as if we're living in a different world. Another aspect of living in the present is that life becomes somehow simple. When we live in the future and the past, life gets really complicated. We feel the pressure of demands and responsibilities. We feel the pressure of worries from the future, the pressure of guilt and bitterness and frustration from the past. And it makes our lives really turbulent. It makes our minds really turbulent. And it fills us with a sense of discord and unease. But when we become present, we become free of all of that. And life becomes really simple and really easy. So now I'd like to read a short poem which expresses that idea. It's called None of This Is Now. None of this is now. Your fears about the future. Your guilt and bitterness about the past. None of this is now. The obstacles that seem to lie ahead and the failures that seem to stretch behind. Only this is now. Your moment-to-moment experience of the world and of your being in the world and of the other beings who share your world. And only the now is real. An unreal past can't hurt you as a shadow can't burn the ground. An unreal future can't hurt you as a reflection can't break the still surface of a lake. Only your mind can hurt you when it wanders away from now and loses itself in restless thoughts of unreal times and places. Maybe you can experience that now. Just bring your whole attention into this moment into your experience of this moment right now. Just pay attention to the sounds inside your room and outside your room. Pay attention to the objects around you. Just gently look around you, paying attention to everything you can see. Just bring your whole awareness into this present moment. And as you do that, maybe you can feel a sense of safety, a sense of ease, a sense that everything is fine right here, right now, within your experience of this moment. There is no future. There is no past. There is just your awareness of this moment, your experience of this moment. And there doesn't need to be anything else. You can be completely contented, completely fulfilled within this moment. 
without reaching into the future, without reaching back to the past, without imagining any alternative realities, without daydreaming, daydreaming about alternative realities, just resting within the simplicity and reality of this present moment. Another thing you can maybe sense is the certainty of presence. When you live in the present, the world is real and you can be sure of your experience in the present. But when you live in the future or the past, everything becomes vague and uncertain. Everything becomes foggy and, un and unreal. I think that's why it always creates a sense of discord, you know, when you spend too much time in the future contemplating your plans and ambitions or daydreaming about scenarios of future events. It creates a sense of unease in your mind. The same when we go back to the past. Sometimes it feels quite nice to, to daydream nostalgically about past events, but overall it creates a sense of unease. You feel that there's something not quite right about it. And that's because there's always a sense of uncertainty. Your memories about the past are never reliable. And obviously, your plans for the future or your images of the future are never reliable because the past and future are always uncertain. This is a poem based on that idea, which is called We Can Only Be Sure of the Present. We can never be sure of the future. So many different processes are flowing that we can't predict how they will unfold or what events they'll produce. We can never be sure of the past. Our memories have been filtered through so many foggy layers of thought that they aren't a reliable record. We can only be sure of the present, where reality streams straight through our senses and we know the world directly and immediately through the clear light of experience. I think the reason why many people look back nostalgically to childhood is because it was a time of presence. If you look at any young children, you can tell that they live in a state of exhilaration. They're intoxicated by the world around them. Everything is so fresh and exhilarating because it's so new and so real. It's because they're not seeing the world through a veil of familiarity. They're not seeing the world through automatic, familiarised perception. They're seeing the world as it is. And they're not seeing it through the concepts of language, through the labels of language and all of the concepts in our minds. When they see something like a tree or a car or an animal, they don't compare it to previous perceptions. They don't have a category in their minds that labels the object. They just see it in a state of naked primal isness. But as we get older, the world starts to become familiar. We start to build up concepts. We start to use labels of language. And we become slowly alienated from the world around us. It becomes gradually less real, less vivid. And we gradually spend less time in a state of presence. And that's why, you know, we need to practice meditation or mindfulness. Or just we consciously need to make an effort to be present. We need to return to the present moment. We need to build up the habit of being present to counteract the layers of familiarity, the layers of conceptual knowledge in our minds that stop us being present. Now I'd like to read a poem called The Return, which is about childhood presence. And it's about the loss 
of childhood presence and the yearning to return to that state of presence. The return. Children don't need alcohol or drugs because they're intoxicated by the world. They don't need to escape from themselves because they're not trapped in their inner space. They don't need to accumulate possessions because the world already belongs to them. They don't need to fill the future with ambitions because they have the present. Children only need to be because being has a natural harmony when there's no sense of separateness and you're part of the world's flowing nowness. But when we become adults, self withdraws like an injured athlete who can't participate anymore. We watch the world glumly from a distance and miss the exhilaration of the game and the joy of belonging to the whole. And from our distant vantage point, the world which once seemed so miraculous becomes familiar and mundane, as if an oasis has turned grey and arid. And because we've lost the joy of being, we give ourselves to having and doing. But nothing that we achieve or gain ever compensates us for our loss. And our yearning for drugs and distractions is a need to numb the pain of, est- of estrangement. Our impulse to accumulate and attach ourselves is a need to strengthen our lonely, fragile selves. And all of our spiritual striving is an urge to transcend our separateness so that we can become children again. Actually, it's not difficult for us to become children again in that sense. All we need to do is to make a conscious effort to bring our attention back into the present moment, to bring our attention away from our thoughts, away from the future and the past, and bring it back into the now. We just need to give ourselves a gentle mental nudge into the present. And the more we do that, the more habitual it will become, and the easier it will become for us to be present, until eventually, presence will become our normal state. By the way, I'm not saying that children live in a naturally spiritually awakened state. I think there are definitely elements of children's experience which correspond to spiritual wakefulness. But I wouldn't say that children are actually enlightened. You could probably say that children are a a strange combination of enlightened spiritual teachers and narcissistic monsters. But I guess that applies to some spiritual teachers as well, mentioning no names. And why don't we do that now? Why don't we practice a method of returning to a state of childhood presence now? So let's do a short meditative exercise based on that principle. Just close your eyes for a moment. Bring your attention to your breathing for a moment. Feel the air entering and leaving your nose. Brushing the inside of your nostrils as you breathe in and out. Feel how your stomach rises and falls as you breathe in and out. And after your next breath, bring your attention up to your mental space. Just feel the energy of your mind, of your consciousness, vibrating softly within your mental space. 
be aware of any thoughts that are passing by, that are passing through your mental space. Just acknowledge those thoughts and allow them to pass by. Just try to root yourself within the energetic consciousness of your mental space, the gently vibrating energy within your mental space. And maybe you can feel a sense of emptiness. Maybe you can feel a sense of spaciousness within your mind. Try to empty your mind of any concepts. Be aware of the spaces between your thoughts. And allow those spaces to grow wider and bigger. Maybe you can feel a sense of spacious emptiness filling the whole of your mental space. And as you do that, you can feel a sense of warm relaxation spreading through the whole of your body. Down through your shoulders and arms and hands. Down through your chest and stomach towards your waist. Down through your legs, towards your knees, towards your feet and your toes. The whole of your body is filled with a sense of warm relaxation. The whole of your body seems to be filled with a gently tingling energy. Now I'm going to count to three and after three we will open our eyes and we will return to the state of early childhood. We will look at the world around us with the freshness and vividness of young children, without any labels of language, without any concepts in our minds, we will bypass that and just see, just see things as they are, without any labels or concepts. So let's do that now. One, two, three. Open your eyes and gently survey this strange, unfamiliar room that you're sitting in. What is this strange place? What are these strange objects? Maybe you can sense your mind starting to work and beginning to label things, but just, just try to bypass that process. Just try to return to your pure experience of this moment, as if you are four years old or five years old, you can touch some of the objects around you. Just gently feel them, feel their texture. You can smell some of the objects around you. And just purely and directly take in your sensory experience of these objects through touching, feeling, smelling, seeing and listening. 
Have a look at your hand as well. Just raise your hand. Look at the back of your hand. What is this strange object? This strange wrinkled skin. All these lines crisscrossing. And all of these channels below the skin. What are these five strange protuberances at the end of your hand? What is this? Look at the palm of your hand. The synclines and inclines, the channels below the skin. Thousands of lines crisscrossing. The more you look, the more lines you see. There seems to be an infinite number of them. And maybe you can reach a point where this object becomes unfamiliar. It becomes strange in the way that a young child would see it. Gently look around you again, noticing objects that are familiar to you, that you don't normally pay attention to. And just take in the immediacy of your perception of these objects. Take in the isness of all of these objects without any language or labels. Close your eyes again, just for a moment. Return to your mental space. And be aware of the strangeness of your own being. Be aware of the strangeness of your consciousness being in the world right now. Being aware of the world around you. The strangeness of you being inside this body, inhabiting this body living in the world. And now, bring your attention back to your breathing for a moment. Feel the air brushing the inside of your nose again as you breathe in and out. Feel your stomach rising and falling. Be aware of your body sitting on the chair or the floor. And let's gently open our eyes again and return to our normal state of consciousness. Hopefully the exercise gave you a glimpse of how the world appears to young children. How the world appears when we live in a pure state of presence. And as I said, it's a state we're always free to return to. We always have a choice whether we are present or absent. Most of the time we unconsciously choose to be absent by giving our attention to our thoughts or, to immerse, or by immersing our attention in activities or tasks or distractions. But we can always make a choice to be present. We can always bring ourselves back to the present. One very effective method we can use to be present is simply to slow down. When we rush... We're always rushing away from the present. We're rushing into the future, away from the present. And it's not always our fault. Often our lives are quite busy. Our lives are filled with deadlines and commitments and appointments. But rushing can become habitual. It can just be a mode that we slip into without realising so that we rush even when we don't need to. But when we slow down, we naturally return to the present. 
Slowing down means becoming present. And when we slow down, we start to notice the world around us. We start to feel the ease, the gracefulness, which comes through living in the present. Let me read a poem called Slow Down. The world keeps speeding up, moving much too fast. That's why it's full of chaos. That's why it's heading for catastrophe. Slow down. Don't be so desperate to reach the future that you push the present away. Treat each moment with respect as a friend that deserves your attention. Greet every new experience as a guest who's welcome to come into your life. Slow down and feel how the stress of doing gives way to the ease of being. Slow down and feel how your hard shell of separateness is replaced by a soft, spacious sense of belonging. Slow down and see how the future fades like a mirage and how the present comes into view all around you as clear and fresh as dawn. So whenever you're walking or driving or walking about your house doing chores, just make an effort to slow down a little bit. Just slow down a little bit so that you can be aware of what you're doing and aware of your surroundings and you can take in the realness of your experience. You can pay attention to your experience. When you rush, you lose that ability to pay attention to your experience. Your your whole attention becomes focused on your mind, on your thoughts, and you lose your rootedness in the present. So slowing down is really important. It's a very easy and simple and effective way of returning to the present. And after all, as I said at the beginning, the present is the place where we always live. Even when our minds are in the future and the past, our bodies are always still in the present. Our bodies never leave the present. And in a sense, our beings never leave the present. Even when our minds are in the future and the past, part of us is always still in the present. And because the present is our home, when we return there, there's always a sense of being welcome. There's always a sense of rightness, a sense of ease, a sense that, yes, this is a place we're supposed to be. This is a place where life is simple. This is a place where life has meaning. This is meaning, being in the present. So I'd like to finish with another poem, which is called Your Being Belongs to the Present. Your being belongs to the present. Your ego mind belongs to the past. Like a museum, everything in it comes from the past. Beliefs that were handed down from your parents. Ideas you absorbed from your culture. Thought patterns that formed when you were young. Old traces of trauma that still cause you pain. Random memories that keep replaying. And your thoughts keep dragging you back to the past. Like old friends who are jealous of your new life and keep making you revisit the haunts you've left behind and the habits you've long outgrown. 
but your being belongs to the present. It's never known anything but the present. It only knows the past and the future's ideas that pass through its nowness like clouds through the sky. Your being breathes the fresh air of the present, not the stale air of the past. Your being moves through the open plains of the present, not the cluttered dark rooms of the past. So entangle yourself from thoughts and concepts. Give your full attention to your experience until the structures of, you, structures of your mind grow soft and you feel the calm wholeness of being seeping through your inner space, bringing you back to presence. Slip outside your mind and leave the past behind. Then your life will be an adventure, an exhilarating voyage of discovery through the endless, spacious freshness of presence. Thanks a lot, everybody. You've been listening to the Clear Pod. <laughs> Sorry, you've been listening to the Clear Light Podcast with me, Steve Taylor. And hopefully, I'll see you again when I broadcast my next episode. All best wishes and blessings. Thank you. Mm-hmm.